podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. This week's episode of the FIP podcast is sponsored by Beer52. So what can you get for a fiver these days? A matchday programme and a half, probably about three letters in the back of your palace shirt, and roughly 10% of Wilfred Zaha's left thumbnail. Or eight beers from Beer52. That's right, Beer52 will deliver you eight beers right to your front door for just £5. You don't even have to leave the house. Oh wait, you can't. Yeah. Each month, Beer52 send a case of craft beer from a different part of the world. Recent themes have included the USA, home of Jovan Karovsky, Ireland, home of Damien Delaney, Korea, home of Chung Yong Lee, Germany, home of Marco Reich, and New Zealand, home of... Um, hmm. Have we never had a player from New Zealand? If you're looking to stock up or just fancy trying something different, then Beer52's Craft Beer Discovery Club is for you. And like Dave Bassett after joining Palace as manager in 1984, you can change your mind and pause or cancel your account at any time. Every case also includes the award-winning craft beer magazine Ferment and a tasty snack. Just go to beer52.com forward slash FIP to get your first case of eight beers for £5. That's the word beer and the numbers 52.com forward slash FYP. Right, on with the podcast. Hello and welcome to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Pod three thirty in our fourth or fifth, I've lost count, isolation podcast. Uh, isolation. We are <laughs> isolation. Isolation. I actually lit that song up because of you guys, and uh, it's a good song. It is a good song. A good group. It's a great song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think they might do something. Yeah. Royal Division. Thank you for broadening my horizons. Um, listen, on this week's pod, we're going to finish what we started last week, which was our 23-man squad based on Palace squad numbers since 1993, or whenever it was. Uh, we did 1 to 11. We're going to do 12 to 23 today, which is not going to be as easy as 1 to 11. <laughs> um, before we do that, we're, of course, sponsored by The Athletic. But before we do that, I want to introduce this week's panel. Uh, so I've just gone straight into it. It is the legendary Fab Four, Kevin Day, Andy Street, and James Endicott. Kevin, how are you doing? I'm fine, thank you. Yes, all right, in the circumstances, of course. Yeah, fine. Surviving? Yeah, clearly by my uh, being here. I would, you'd, you'd guess that I am probably surviving, yes. Good, good, yes, good, good. We're, we're all right. We're, we're, I'm in a house full of well, freelancers, so, you know, there are some co- concerns. 
on. As long as we'll be all right, as long as it doesn't last in October, we'll be fine. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah. we feel exactly the same way. Yeah. Uh, James Endicott, how Hi. are you? Very good, thank you. Yeah, I'm good. Good, 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 uh, good. Yep, just good, just good, 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 good. <laughs> And yeah, right, right, we get it. Um, and Andy Street uh, completing the rest of the. I've noticed you guys are all wearing glasses, and I'm not. Uh, so you all look uh, a lot more uh, intelligent than I do today. Um, Andy, are you missing football? Have you been trying to watch any football? Like the Belarusian league is on for some reason, or are you still enjoying just a break from from Palace? I'm watching Land Before Time on a daily basis with my three-year-old son, so <laughs> I think I'd probably not mind reserve team football from the Scottish Fifth Division from 1972 right now, if I'm completely honest. Actually, Good. do you know what? I, I really do miss football, but part of me doesn't miss the anxiety. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's, we were doing quite well this season, and, then, and as you know, we stopped just before my uh, piece of paper came into action. But Very it, true. It's, it's actually quite nice to, to go on a Saturday afternoon a, what day of the week it is, and then you work out, oh, it's Saturday afternoon. B, I don't feel nervous about anything. That's not bad. That'll be back before you know it, Kevin. We'll be oh, feeling please, nervous again. Please, God, yes. In no please, time. Please, please, please. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at the mischievous look on Endicott's face. I'm feeling quite nervous about the next hour, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. <laughs> well, before we crack on with finishing our squad, we've got uh, an iTunes review. Um, do you remember the last couple of weeks I said that a lot of the reviews were coming from American listeners? Mm. Yeah, yes. That was because I was looking at the American iTunes by mistake. <laughs> classic, classic <laughs> journey. <laughs> pod three thirty. <laughs> three hundred and thirty uh, times you've done this pod. See, I, we can't have that many people listening in America. It turns out, no, we don't. Um, but I have found one from someone that I. It's from the UK iTunes, so I assume he's based here. His name is Peter Flaherty. Hi Peter. Hi Peter. Hi Peter. And he's named this one this review five stars. What a legend. The H- Hodgson of podcasts just like Hodgson outside the world of Palace this podcast is hugely underrated (laughs) 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 the array of regulars work very well and help me pass away the hours like a mundane drive to work sorry of a long time mundane drive to work and the pod does the same as Hodgson does for Palace it keeps me up brackets controversial (laughs) Peter you've lost us keep up the good work chaps um well, that's a nice Thank, review from Peter. Yeah. Thank Thanks, you, Peter. Peter. I'm glad and also, Peter. like Roy Hodgson, we're despised by a younger generation of Palace fans. So. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, I'm going to send Peter... Well, I say we. J- I mean JD, of course. Yeah. Not me. How I don't think they care about me. At least they know who I am, Andy. Um, I'm going to send <laughs> Peter some... Uh, <laughs> Not even a joke, it's true. Ask him about being a pub. Um, I'm going to send him some badges. Right. Uh, I, we are, of course, sponsored by The Athletic... Uh, and here's a no, we're not. It's a shout out for a patron. Oh my god, you can tell you're on the, the isolation. Today, you? The isolation is getting to me. Um, it I sounds really... like you're in an auto queue, but you're reading your own notes. <laughs> uh, yeah, are you ready for a shout out to a random patron? Always. Yes. This one has a name like a former Palace player. Oh, Jack it's Johnson. Mid... No. <laughs> no. Andrew Johnson. No. Can I get Back a drum roll? Long can, I get a dr- can I please stop? Can I get a drum roll? Please. The KD had a Varno. For a Mr. Do you know what? Actually, you've built it up way too much. Mr. Tony Suckling. Oh. oh. Okay, nice. <laughs> Poor Tony, yeah. not the reaction he was looking for. Uh, you've, obviously been on the, you've obviously been on the Perry, haven't you? 
<laughs> Very good. Thank you to Tony for su- uh, supporting us via Patreon, and you can support us at patreon.com forward slash FYP podcast. And we've had two new patrons sign up today. So oh, thank wow. you very much to those people. Now, we are sponsored by The Athletic, and each week we read out an article from The Athletic and use it as a jumping off point. Uh, and this week's article is by Dom Fifield and Steve Madley. Uh, and before I read it, I need to remind you that The Athletic are a world-class team of writers covering every club, including the best coverage of Crystal Palace. They're a subscription-based website and app, and they're completely ad-free. No ads, no annoying pop-ups, just brilliant articles. Welcome to the new home of football writing. And if you visit theathletic.co.uk forward slash FYP, you can start a seven-day free trial and receive 50% off your yearly subscription. Now, lads, it feels like ages since we've talked about transfers because January was about seven years away. Um, And this article is about a transfer we basically made and then didn't, which is, of course, Nathan Ferguson from West Brom. And the article is called Nathan Ferguson set to join Palace. It's just a matter of when. Uh, And I'm going to go into it a little bit now and just ask you your thoughts on him and sort of transfers in general. And maybe what we think is going to happen to the transfer window. So uh, it, there was a bit of background in this article about what happened with Ferguson. Obviously, he was going to join and then there was a knee issue and Palace uh, backed out. And it says, the relationship struck up between Palace and Ferguson, his parents, who are apparently keen for him to move to London. And the agent over that period at the end of January has fueled confidence at Sellers that he will complete the move under freedom of contract when his deal is deemed by all parties to have expired. A tribunal which may not sit until late 2021, would then determine what compensation costs are to be paid to West Brom. However, while it seems highly likely that Ferguson will eventually join Palace, the timeline of the move remains complicated by the current suspension of football amid the coronavirus pandemic with the domestic season once eventually resumed likely to drag on beyond the end of his contract. And this is interesting, Kevin, actually, because this has come up quite a lot sort of in the press recently. Mm. FIFA have confirmed that they will permit clubs to extend deals for players such as Ferguson, whose contracts are due to expire June 30th until whenever the season ends, whenever that is. World football's governing body has been in regular dialogue with national associations over the last week discussing draft ideas with the respective football associations cascading the proposals down to their club to be assessed. I mean, it sounds like Ferguson will join, Kevin, but obviously this deal with contracts that were supposed to expire at June 30th and the season might run over, it, it muddies the waters, doesn't it? Yeah, it's it's, it's a, a complicated situation. Most footballers' contracts end on the 30th of June. Um, it's it's a bit like all horse races are a year old on the 1st of January. That The season is is deemed to be over on the 30th of June and most contracts come to an end, as Street you will know. Uh, there is a lot of uh, uncertainty about how contracts will be extended, whether clubs want to sell players essentially for uh, which might only be a three month. You know, imagine the contracts are extended for three months. West Brom sell him to us. He gets injured after a week. You know, it's it's complicated. Also, as we saw with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's comments last week about Man United exploiting the transfer situation when all this is over. It's a buyer's market now. If if we were selling Aaron Wambasaka to Man United now, and United have got a reputation for being fair in transfers, we wouldn't get forty-five million quid for Wambasaka. And there are a lot yeah. of clubs who won't be getting the valuation that they thought they would be getting because they'll be desperate to get any form of of money in at all, any to help their cash flow. So I'm not entirely sure how it affects it. Andy will probably know more about the legal ramifications now, but it's it's all going to be very complicated because there will be there will be clubs wanting to hold on to assets because we don't know how long the contract extensions will be there will be clubs desperate to get rid of assets plus of course if the season you know doesn't start till June July and doesn't finish till September West Brom may well want to keep hold of him 
till then anyway. So there will be all sorts of deals and handshakes going on, but it's, I, I, it's an unprecedented situation. So as Andy will tell you, there probably is no legal kind of blueprint for do, for doing it except on a one on a one by one situation. Yeah, I mean, Andy, that uh, that sounds to me the uneducated layman that a sensible decision, a sensible way to see things out. But I guess from legal perspectives and that kind of thing, it is kind of uncertain territory. So I guess people are taking it sort of day by day, week by week in that regard. I think I think it goes further. I think the FIFA recommendations just aren't capable of being implemented in England. Yeah. Um, and I say that because... You know, as anyone who is listening has who may have been furloughed or asked to be furloughed would know, to vary your employment contract, you have to agree to it. Mm. And similarly, to extend your employment contract, which is what that would be, you also have to agree to it. So even though it probably sounds like a very uh, helpful ruse by FIFA, it's an overly simplistic approach, which just doesn't work. <laughs> so there's already been, I think, uh, one player who's publicly said that he won't be extending, and that's Pedro. At Chelsea, who said that you know his contract expires on the thirtieth of June, and that's when he'll be leaving his club. And you wow. would imagine that he won't be the only player who who says that. And there will be, I am sure, pulling on the, the heartstrings of certain players and or attempts to get them to agree to um, consultations and collective extensions of contracts. But ultimately, if the players don't want to extend they will be free to walk away on the 30th of June if their contracts expire. And I'm not going to talk about specifics in any particular instance, but although FIFA's trying to do its best to deal with uh, this unprecedented situation, you have different contract frameworks and different legal systems in many, many of the 198 countries or whatever it is that are under FIFA's jurisdiction so it's it's not going to work work in each of those countries um and i think england's one of them but also andy someone like pedro can afford a period of uncertainty with his contract whereas there will be a lot of players not necessarily in the premier league but certainly in the championship and league one and league two who can't who can't say right i'm walking away from the contract i want my contract to be extended while this is going when the club will be saying well we don't really yeah, want to keep yeah, you on quite, yeah. we don't want to yeah. keep you on we don't see why we should keep paying you so you know there, there, there is a lot of money in football but most of it is is in the top 10 teams in the premier league so as that's why i say there is as there is no blueprint for this because english football you know much of english employment law and industrial relations law is very very different to the rest of Europe for example um, so you, you can't impose the same rules on English football as you can on European football and you've seen in Scotland they've got a different way of trying to trying to resolve it and it hasn't particularly worked um, so I think there are there's a lot of work for people like Andy ahead essentially out of all this before it's all resolved <laughs> uh, and you know I think yeah. I think transfers will go ahead but I think a lot of them will be will be gentlemen's agreements and ladies agreements mm. and handshakes rather than actual done deals and, and signed contracts why would you sign a player on a contract a three-year contract for example when there's a there's an outside possibility that the, the first six months of that three years he won't be playing football for your for your club because June and July it seems to be optimistic for 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 football coming back, certainly, and somebody like Nathan Ferguson would have to get to full fitness before Palace would want it to. You know, he 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 didn't pass the, or he struggled with fitness beforehand. So you guess that's still going to be an issue. But doesn't that also mean then, if we're uh, and I'm putting a positive spin on it, if players, someone like Pedro, do leave their contract end of June, does it mean clubs can then sign players on that as well? So you might find Andy that you have a situation where football comes back, and one week you've got one team, the next week you've got a completely different team because everyone's left and everyone else has come in. Yeah, well, I, I think that's 
pretty much what will happen. Um, <laughs> That's you know, crazy. FIFA, FIFA can't rewrite English contract law. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's just not going to happen <laughs> in that way. And there will be plenty of players who are in Pedro's situation and go, well, no, I signed an agreement that says that I leave Chelsea on the 30th of June. I'm leaving Chelsea on the 30th of June. And the, the response to that will have to be from the policymakers in question, well, we have to now allow clubs to bring players in yeah. on a, an extended basis while games are going on. Uh, one, that will ensure that they can keep their squads going and, and have the relevant number of players in, but it'll also help just get money flowing around the game at times where it needs it. Um, and so, yeah, you, you, it'll, it'll end up being like that start of August period that we used to have before they moved the transfer window, just before the start of the season, but it'll be like that on an ongoing basis. So um, <laughs> it'll be... I wouldn't say farcical, but it'd certainly be fast moving. <laughs> but also, you could, I think you can argue, as some clubs are starting to do, that if if the Premier League and the EFL want the season to be finished by September, October, and they go straight into another season, they're going to need bigger squads because the the strain that's going to put on the yeah. a, a 23-man playing squad is going to be incredible because, bear in mind, these players are three months away from being match fit now. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's all very well saying we'll start the season in June, July behind closed doors, but they need to make that decision now so players can get match fit for a June, a June July start. And then there's another issue, Andy, as well, is that I, there's some talk which I understand of maybe not playing all the games because if, for example, you've got four round of fixtures left and the three bottom clubs are already relegated and Liverpool have already won the Premier League, there might be a, a, an argument to not play those games and to share out any prize money. So again, it's a fluid situation. So and it will be it will change even when it starts. I'm guessing. Uh, yeah, that's very true. You know, we're we're in this kind of un, uncertain territory. And actually, Enders, what I, what I'm thinking of as I'm listening to that is. Kevin's absolutely right that we may have to be dealing with gentlemen's agreements and weird situations with allowances to buy players. But you hope that actually, I feel like there's going to have to be a lot of sort of leeway allowances and people, football clubs and players almost being a bit supportive to each other. Be like, let's get through this to the end of this season, see what happens. You hope that in this world, everyone kind of helps each other. But of course, knowing the cutthroat business of the football world as we do, that might not be the case. But you hope there might be some sort of familiarity and sort of almost kindness. Am I being too optimistic there? Uh, no, I don't think you are. I think, but I think that should come from the fans as well. I think yeah. it's the. I, I think the. Uh, I think the players of the clubs will have to do what they can do to keep keep their money. And there'll be some players who you will, we think will be acting despicably and horribly, <laughs> and other ones are doing fine, and other ones are just like, oh my god, I can't believe they're doing that. Clubs in the same way. It's us as fans have got to understand what's going on. We're not going to understand a hundred percent because yeah. we don't know what's going on behind closed doors. But I do think that as a Fans of whatever club. At least I think the fans are going to have to be very understanding of the situation as well about players coming and going. And I, just think it'll I think it's hard. I think James fans are already showing that as well because the vast, so, yeah. the, the vast majority of clubs, fans are, are eligible for refunds. They're not getting matches they paid for for season tickets. Mm. And most clubs have contacted season ticket holders. And my understanding is that around 90% of season ticket holders have said, we won't claim a refund because right. we know how yeah. it will affect the cash flow of the club. Right. A lot of clubs have, have made reciprocal promises. Like in, in return for doing that, you'll get an extra half year or, or right. a, yeah. an extra year at the end. So people, it's like Ali does a lot of work for Oxford Playhouse and they, they've cancelled shows up till September and 99.9% of the people who bought tickets said, fine, we won't take the money back now. We understand yeah. the situation. Yeah. But in in future we would we would hope for some kind of recompense and i think that's what's sure. happening yeah. in Good. football and i think i think fans i think fans will understand that the economics of football is 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 changing 
I, I don't think you'll see players going for fifty million quid like you. You certainly not in the first six, maybe not in the first six months of the first season. I think. Yeah. I think fans will have to get used to the fact that valuable assets may be sold at lower prices because Man United, who are insulated from this, will come in and say, "Look, yeah, we'll take that player off your hand, but not yeah. for that money." Yeah. <clears throat> it might be as well that clubs will be in new ownership because I think there are probably ten or twelve clubs who will only survive this if they sell. And, of course, people buying clubs are going to go, well, I'm not paying what you wanted before this happened. So I think everybody will have to make allowances. But at at the moment, I mean, the human nature is that is probably such that there'll be three months of, you know, happy, clappy, we all love each other. (laughs) And then by Christmas, we're all all in Oxford Street fighting for, you know. But I think think there will be a recalibration of football finances. But I think James is absolutely right. Football fans will have to Mm. be patient while that is is going on. And and of course, the demand is such that I think once football comes back, I think club incomes will... Pretty, you know, the demand for shirts, for example, and club memorabilia and stuff is going to go through the roof. And I think people, football will be more popular than it ever has been for a long time. So there will be money coming in, but it's just getting through this period now of cash flow, particularly for the, the clubs in, in the Championship and in, in League One and Two. Have Palace, just to end this part, have Palace said anything about season tickets? Because I've not personally been contacted. Have you guys been, been contacted? I've not been contacted at all. No, no, no. I've not been contacted. My my understanding is that they, uh, well, legally, if anybody asks for a refund, they will be they have to ask for a refund. In, the, in but I, my understanding is that that's not not happening at Palace. And I, I think from the people I know at the club, they're more concerned, they're more focused on the community and on getting the club through this financially than they are on seasons. Because because you have to remember that match day income is. It, for, certainly for the bigger teams, is a much smaller proportion of income than it used to be. Yeah. And of course, most the negotiations are going on constantly between the Premier League and between the broadcasters, who are of course very, very anxious to get football yeah. back on, and also between sponsors who are seeing half a season's worth of sponsorship going out the window. So mm. there, there are lots of you know match day income season tickets is is probably eleven percent of our our annual income. So and it's important, and the, the club will treat the fans properly. But I think the priority is is getting the club and the foundation through this first, and then dealing with the. the I other think that's issues, fair, you know. and I think most Palace fans can see what Palace are trying to do in the community with the foundation and stuff, yeah, and, and support all that. And if it's a very different situation, if we were still in the Championship struggling, then I think it, that that it season ticket be, question but, would be a very different one. Well, but also the other thing as well, and a lot of clubs have said this is. If if you don't know for certain that the season is starting on, in August, and the chances are it probably won't, there's probably not much talk sending you a season ticket now. Yeah, when it might not start till October, because then once if people see the country coming out of lockdown and other you know they see theatres opening, but they see football still mm. being played behind closed doors, mm. that's when they might say, "Well, hang on a second, you sold yeah. me a season ticket and there's no football." So, I think it's that's a subject for for down the line and when we know for certain when football's yeah. coming back. Basically, absolutely agreed. Okay, well, anyway, you can read that article about Nathan Ferguson. Um, <laughs> good player, by the way. I, yeah, um, I hope he comes. Good player. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. Um, at the Athletic, and if you visit theathletic.co.uk forward slash FIP, you can start a seven day free trial and receive 50% off your yearly subscription. After the break, we're going to complete our 23 man best ever squad Yay. number squad. Yes. <laughs> yes. 
At Vast National Bank, we value our billions of customers. Whether you're in Dubai or Tokyo, or just London, we care. So bank big with us. Sure, your local community bank may seem friendly and helpful. Their small business loans may even help your town grow and prosper or whatever. But would they help you liquidate an offshore account to bedazzle your private jet? <laughs> no. Bank with a community bank and help your community grow. Find yours at banklocally.org. Welcome back to part two of the five-year plan podcast. Yes. Yeah. We're back. Yeah. We're back. Yes. Um, two. Now, it's part two of our... I need to think of a smoother title for this. Best ever 23-man squad number related Palace team. Uh, I've made it bad there, but uh, basically we're picking players that have played in every squad number since they were introduced, which is 1993, and putting them into a, a final 23. Last week we did 1 to 11. Would you like a recap of our 1 to 11 squad yes, numbers? Yes, please. Yes, please. I was looking at this earlier. It's actually a very, very, very good team. Uh, number one, Nigel Martin. Number two, Joel Ward. Number three, Dean Gordon. Number four, Sean Derry Derry. Number five, Eric Young. Number six, Scott Dan. Number seven, Lombardo. Number eight, AJ. Number nine, Armstrong. Number 10, Balassi. And number 11, Wilfred Zaha. Um, It's going to get a a bit more harder from here on in because we're going to be getting into proper squad players. But there are some players who have, you know, worn big squad numbers um, over the years. Have you guys had a look at this in the in the intervening week, or are you no, coming no, we, back at it fresh? No, we we no. thought the freshness would be yeah, yeah. And thinking about it as well, I think we really only put Sean Derry in there out of terror, didn't we? Yeah, <laughs> no, because we see him, we see him occasionally. <laughs> That's the one position where you might you might okay, but well, no, obviously yeah. we don't want to upset any players listening. You know that might not get in, Kevin. No, that's true. I think it's probably a small. I think it's probably a limited number of our players between twelve and twenty-three that are still listening. <laughs> I didn't know that's to the would be my guess, but you know, I doubt. I doubt if Valir and Ishmael tunes in at any stage. I the, don't know. I heard know. Nathaniel Pinney is a bit of a, a bit of a fan. <laughs> um, number twelve. Then here we go. So twelve, obviously, okay. famously either used sub keeper or, or proper backup number. Here's who's worn 12 over the years for Palace. And we should say as well that we're having a slight technical issue with Andy, um, but when he joins us, we'll get him to pick up his numbers as well. Yeah. Hopefully that'll it's, be sooner. It's a slightly sinister technical issue because his, his screen is still up, but he's just gone out of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and now Andy's just come back with a spreadsheet of some sort. This is... I'm going to make notes. Fantastic. Oh, I love that. Right, here we go. Number 12 has been worn by Damien Matthew, Thomas Brolin, Jamie Fullerton, Julian Gray, Greg Bahalter, Jamie Smith, Michele Legitwood, Julian Speroni, Daryl Flahaven, Calvin Andrew, Marrow. Who was Marrow? Marrow. Oh, he was a left back, wasn't he? Marrow. Oh, he was a midfielder we got from Blackburn. Can't remember his first name. Oh, he was, yes, he was, yeah. Marrow. Um, Stuart yeah. O'Keefe, Paddy McCarthy. <laughs> Ooh. I think that's Paddy McCarthy. And uh, since about 2016, Mamadou Sacco. Mm. Can hmm. we get this, can we get Stuart O'Keefe over and done with now? Andy's not in the yeah, room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not Stuart O'Keefe. Not Stuart. Yeah. Uh, Greg Bahouter, of course, our first ever uh, American international. Yes, Greg Played Bahouter. in the World Cup. My memory of Greg Bahouter, Kevin, was that he actually he wasn't too bad, actually. He was a very good... He was a good player. I think... I'm not... I'm not sure I've got this wrong with he's our first American to play in the World Cup or our first World Cup... First player to play in the World Cup 
Did Popovich? We must have played before. He joined before Popovich. I don't know, actually. But Helter was quite. At the time, was considered it was a, quite an exciting sign. He was a good, he was a decent. Set, but is this the only time I, Julian Sproni is mentioned? Because otherwise, yeah, if it is, because if it's otherwise, this conversation ends here. This is Julian's yeah, chance. Yeah, well, to apart get in from obviously the it? number one squad when we 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 tossed up between him and Martin, went for yeah. Martin. Then I yes. think it's got to be Sproni. It's got to be because we we wouldn't yeah. go to the keeper anyway. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be. Yeah, it's got to be. I mean, I think there's no, there's no question. Or I mean, it's, I either agree. Or, it's either him or Thomas Brolin. Well, Brolin's one of those players again that it was a brilliant player, but not for us. Yeah, essentially, he wore a bandage well. <laughs> but no, Julian, it's got to be Julian, surely. It's got to be Julian, without a doubt. Yeah. It has to be. That's weird. And not not for purely sentimental reasons. No, 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 no. Second best goalkeeper we've yeah. ever had. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because he wore um, number one in oh four oh five and oh five oh six. He didn't get a squad number in the first twenty three. Really? And then in 06 07, he got 12. And then I'm guessing yeah, since he, then, he had number he had one. A terrible season. That was the season Gabriel Carrier came in and took over, wasn't it? Because uh, yeah. he remembered Julian made that run of three games, starting Everton with three goals. No, that was the previous season, but then Carrier yeah, was then our, a, yeah, our number yeah. one. Weird. Okay, I think you're well, right. Ju- I mean, Sproni, then let's move on before Street catches up. Well, I mean, no, no. Obviously, we're building a squad here, so that's our backup keeper. But no, no place for Mamadou Sakho, arguably our best ever centre back. Uh, mm, does he come up with? Is he in another number? I don't no. think so. No. See, that's the that's a slight defect in the game, isn't it? <laughs> don't but stop we can only play... holes in my game. No, no, we can only we can only play the rules. So if it's a choice between Mamadou Sakho and Julian Speroni, then Ju- Julian, we've got other centre backs. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Andy Street has returned right at the end of our number 12 chat when we've already decided Stuart the correct answer is Stuart O'Keefe <laughs> can you unmute it you muted him sorry remember? I had him muted sorry Andy no, you need to unmute him now. <laughs> are you back now Andy I'm back yes, yes, the correct answer is Stuart O'Keefe alright um, Andy so we've gone for Julian Sproni at number 12 over the likes of O'Keefe Sacco Thomas Brolin uh, and in fact I'm, there's no point me even asking you because you're outvoted 3-1 to one anyway yeah yeah, no. that's how the law. That's how the law works, mate. <laughs> number thirteen. Unlucky for some. Are we ready? <laughs> yeah. With number thirteen. You don't look like you are. No, because for some yeah. reason I've written um, John Salarco in, which is clearly wrong. Uh, so let me see. Do we all watch the FA Cup semi-final on Saturday? No, I, I was busy watching Ice Age Three. <laughs> <laughs> It's really not. Um, Right. (laughs) Number 13 has been worn by the following Palace players. Uh, Quite all but one of them goalkeepers. Um, So I think we know who's going to get in, seeing as we just picked our second goalkeeper. Um, Carlo Nash, Fraser Digby, a guy called uh, Hubert Busby, who uh, didn't actually play for Palace. Really? But I had to text Elsie about him. He was a Canadian guy that trained once and then was sent home. Um, Lance Cronin, Alex Kalinko, Cedric Bertalan, Lewis Price, Jason Punchin, and Wayne oh. Hennessy. Um, James, um, I think that's Punchins, <laughs> isn't it? It's obviously Punchins. Yeah. But what a number was he normally? He was never always 13, was he? He what was 13 was he when he first signed for us. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. Was he 43 or something recently? Recently, I think he's been a higher number, yeah. But he's been, really... he's been in something in the forties, hasn't he? What, what happens to all those players that have weird numbers? Are we not going to include them? No, we, don't, we don't mention. We don't mention them. 
Oh, oh, maybe we could just carry this on until football comes back again. Uh, numbers 100 <laughs> to 112. <laughs> uh, I will say, James, that since from uh, 07, 08, 08, 09, 09, 010, lots of years, there wasn't a 13. So yeah, th- that's why this lucky. one's limited. <clears throat> but I think, Kevin, it's nice, you know, it's... We're talking about squad players here, and in fact, when we did our best Punch era eleven, we got Punch in there. But it's nice to have yeah. a, someone that's contributed as much as Punch and has in it, our it, squad. It is, but Sh- Hubert Busby was it nineteen oh seven? We had squad numbers. <laughs> Hubert Busby. Hubert I think Busby that's what. Why would he get a number and then get straight to... Yes, it is. No, we, we would Hugh acknowledge... Busby, people used of to Of course him. we would acknowledge Jason Punchin. Yeah, he was... I mean, he's probably not the best footballer we've we've ever had, but he's one of the most influential, without a doubt, and one of a leader at a time when we needed Leaders. people like him. And, and because of his links to the club, yeah, I would absolutely have him in the squad. And I'm pleased to... Uh, again, that we have a... A number that we don't really need to discuss. <laughs> Agreed. And Andy, <laughs> you agreed with me when we did the best of a uh, squad that Punch was a very underrated player. So I guess you'll be backing this one uh, and not Wayne Hennessy. Yes. <laughs> Good. Uh, right. Number 14. Here Ooh, we which go. Is, which is my, my favourite number, 14. Is it? Yeah, it's my lucky number and my favourite number. For uh, any, any Palace-related reasons? Not at all. Brilliant. Here we go with our 14 <laughs> squad number players. Richard Shaw, Simon Ooh. Roger, Steve Thompson. Jolly Roger. Uh, ben Watson. There's one before Ben Watson, shall we? Steve Thompson. Oh, okay. Sorry, little I Scottish asked. midfielder. Ben uh, Watson. <laughs> sorry, I asked. Um, ben Watson, uh, Sean Scannell, Kieran Cadogan, Darcy Blake, Jerome Thomas, Chung Yong Lee, and before he wore number nine, Jordan Ayew. Let's go to Andy first. Ooh. Who are you picking out of that lot? It's got to be Richard Shaw, really, hasn't it? Mm. Yeah. Say. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a, that's, a, that's a fair shout. I mean, again, we're building a squad, so it's nice to have varying positions. I mean, Kevin, there's lots of players there who have sort of had bit part roles Dan Chungy's done a bit part role. AU's doing well now. Scannell's good for a bit. Ben Watson good for a bit. Simon yeah. Roger, you know, all sort of bit part players. Yeah. Really, <clears throat> Ben Watson was one of those players that I think all of us thought uh, uh, for two seasons would maybe go on and play for England. He looked like he had a lot of potential about him, and he could play defensively, midfield, centre back. But I agree with with Andy Street, Richard Shaw, because with Richard Shaw, you've got cover at left back and centre back. Was also occasionally like in the semi-final that we saw on Saturday. Koppel would turn to him for for man marking, and he was one of the few players in that generation who could do it. So, yeah, Richard Shaw again, probably one of those underrated players that you wouldn't normally think of if you were straight away asked for your best left back. But yeah, I'd have Richard Shaw in there, don't doubt, especially in, in company with those those other four teams. Yeah, yeah, I think Richard Shaw is a good shout. I mean, Enders there's quite a lot of sort of underrated players in here. I always thought Ben Watson yeah. was actually massively underrated by a I, lot of Palace fans. I was going to say, I was going to say I've got a real soft spot for Ben Watson. I was a big Ben Watson fan. Um, I was very pleased. Um, <laughs> not as much as Richard Shaw's hair. <laughs> now, now, he had a great haircut. Was, was um, Watson Viking gold? Watson was, yeah. I was, he also got, he also played for Wigan when they beat Man City in the Cup yeah, final, he did. didn't he? he did. And I was very, very pleased from that day. Um, I always liked Sean Scannell as well. Um, local lad um, it's, it's got to be Richard Shaw yeah. it's got to be it's just got to be yeah. alright good good we're rattling through these and it's nice that we've got uh, unanimous decisions right Num- what are we on to now number 15, 15. Um, here we go some interesting players here we start with Bobby Bowery oh wow Marcus Bent 
Craig Foster. Is that Craig Ooh. Foster? Yeah, Craig. Yeah, yeah. yeah Craig Foster. Um, Mikel Forsell. Aki Rialati. Mark Kennedy. Lee Hills. Kieran Cadogan again. Mile Jedinak. I wonder who it's yeah. going to be. Christian Benteke. And <laughs> Jeffrey Schlupp. Uh, Kevin, it's Jedinak, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, I mean Foster was a really good player. He went on to he played. He was Australian when he played for Rangers as well, didn't he? Now mm, yeah. really successful Rangers team. Bobby Bowery, it was probably before your time, JD. But he was. Um, but he was I think, I think of Craig Moore. He was going to be the next. Uh, oh, am I thinking of Craig Moore? You're right. Yeah, Craig Foster was the really average central midfielder. Oh, who, yes, now, you're right. now is actually right, doing yeah. great humanitarian work and is a bit of a, a great ambassador for the game. Really, oh, he's pretty yeah, average for us. He's in then. Uh, He's Kevin, uh, I remember Barry. I remember Bob, getting um, Panini football stickers around the time, and Bobby Barry was one of the ones you always got. So I had loads of Barrys. Well, he was sort of an Andy Gray protege. He was he was supposed to be the next, but he was he was whip it thin. So he was never. But he was at the end of no. It's, it's got to be. It's got to be Jedi. Yeah, it's got to be Jedi. It's got to be Jedi. He has the force. Yeah, it yeah. Is Jedi. I mean, again, Ender's. There's a lot of interesting players there that have played. Yeah. Mikel Forsell was brilliant for about a month yeah, yeah. around 2000, yeah. and Aki, Aki of course, did his yeah. jobs. And, did his job when he had to. You know, Schluppy again. I know we're we're we're, we're trying to avoid too many current players because obviously, you know, they probably are the best players uh, in in terms of our history. But yeah, Schluppy has been brilliant for us and done roles. But mm. if you're talking about actual. You know, real pedigree leader as well. I mean, he's a yeah, real leader yeah. Jedi, and also he's he's he he was a Palace legend before he stopped playing for Palace, and that's always a good thing. Yeah, and and, it has to be Jedi. And I agree. <laughs> this, do you know what? This is a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. I thought this Ooh. side of it was going to be very difficult. But we've been lucky, though, Kevin, because we've just been—we've had lots of very average squad players interspersed by legends along the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's move on to number sixteen. Um, mm. Is this sixteen? Let me double check. Yes, yeah. right. The following players have won sixteen for Crystal Palace: Darren Pitcher, Ooh. Rob Quinn, uh, and not Anders Svensson. Uh, who was the Svensson we had? Matthias Svensson, oh, Ashley Cole, Andy Frampton, Tommy Black, Neil Dans, Freddie Sears, Wilfred Zaha, uh, Dwight Gale, Joe Ledley, and that legend, Cavalieri, the goalkeeper that we signed and never played for us, and I can't remember his first name. Um, Andy, wow. obviously, Zaha, Diego. Diego, thank you very much, Diego Cavalieri. <laughs> What a legend. Um, we've already picked Zaha <laughs> at number 11. So well, he's we out. We 16 as well, can't we? That'd be a really good squad, really good squad then. <laughs> no, actually, we can do what we want. Why not? Yeah. We can do what we want. I think we can do 16 as well. Why not? He's our best ever player. Let's just put him in twice. Do you know what? And, and off goes Zaha with injury. And who's coming on for him? Zaha. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, it's comedy gold, mate. You know about that. Do you know what? Let's do that. Let's do that for a laugh. But just for uh, keeping the game alive, uh, let's try and pick another player at sixteen. Um, we'll go. Well, to... ar- arguably, it not he wasn't for us. But Ashley Cole is arguably the best ever footballer that's ever, that's played for Palace. It was it was certainly in that so-called golden generation of the England team. He was the only one that was world class for a long, long time. Um, so I, I think if you've got a choice, I mean, Wilf twice would still be my first choice. But <laughs> if you've got Ashley Cohen on the bench, people are going yeah. to be taking this team seriously, mate. Yeah, that's very true. Because also, as well, because him and Forsell at a time, 
they really threw themselves into the project. I mean, they, they could have, you know, we were in desperate trouble. They could have just turned up and gone through the motions. But everyone said that in training and on the pit, they were 100% committed to the cause. So, and I've always had a soft spot for, I'm one of the few, I know, I've always had a soft spot for Ashley Cole because of that. But as a footballer, my God, you'd have him in your squad before Tommy Black, wouldn't you, and Darren Pitcher, much as Darren Pitcher was a good player. Well, as was Tommy Black, who, you know, scored some yeah, important goals for us. But then, you know, Andy, so the likes of Dwight Gale, you know, scored some very important goals for us. And it's difficult to equate. Are we talking about quality in terms of, as Kevin says, going on to be a fantastic world-class footballer or when they played for they us? Because, for Palace, yeah. You know, although Ashley Cole did score, you know, a very, very yeah, important goal against Blackburn. Well, you organise the feature, JD. You're the one who needs to set the criteria in <laughs> a really <laughs> well-defined way. <laughs> Tommy like Black. To Tommy Black. Do you remember David, remember David Bentley at Tottenham who was going to be... Everyone said was going to be the best player in the world, and there was a time when everyone said Tommy Black was going to be the most skillful footballer this country's ever produced. And you saw little glimpses of it, but he just had all sorts of attitude and temperament issues, didn't he? he never quite, never quite became the player that you. He could every now and again you'd get a feeling, oh man, Live is a good player, but he could never do it twice in a game. Yeah, I think he had problems with with weight as well. I think he sort of yeah. would often come back from pre-season, sort of looking. Well, like yeah, Wayne let's, Rooney. Not, let's not judge him on that basis. <laughs> <laughs> we could be, we'd be oh, all day I was trying to think of a really basis. sort of diplomatic way of saying that and I failed um, yeah you can do wait till three years and another baby when you're three stone heavy and then <laughs> yeah, we'll see yeah, exactly. come back to us yeah fair um, <laughs> alright uh, Enders are we going to yeah, go why with you, why you should be putting the baby weight on I don't know but you know you'll see. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm a modern man <laughs> <laughs> yeah I wouldn't put that past you actually you took a fucking surname you'd take a baby weight as well yeah. <laughs> I just like to be yeah as modern as possible um, no Enders no place for, yeah. for Joe Ledley someone like that well I think he's up there with Dwight Gale and Pitch you know the, the players have put in a shift and did all right. I, I had a, always been a soft spot for Ledley. Um, Ashley Cole, I thought, was really good for us. You know, yeah, I thought he was yeah. great for us. Mm. Um, well, can I, I think if I, had, if I had to go for one that wasn't Zaha, it would probably be Ashley Cole. Well, can mm. I offer you another situation and just make things more complicated? Because we went for Wilf at 11, can I offer you for 11, Victor Moses and Wilf no. at 16? No. no, no, no. I want oh, two wills. <laughs> let's not let's not start card trading like that at this I, stage I just, of the game. Fine, fine. It's I thought wills. I'd give you the option. We're going to go for Ashley Cole. We are, uh, but uh, secretly we all know it's Wilfred Zaha twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Right, number seventeen, <laughs> Glenn Murray. Okay, let's move. Yeah, move on. Eighteen. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let me, well, uh, yeah. I mean, looking at the players, it probably is Murray. Let me give you them anyway, just for the fairness of the game, for the integrity of this game. Um, Williams. No. Who's, who's that? From Johnny Williams. Johnny Williams. Ni- no, no, from 94 or 95. Williams. Nope. Gareth Williams. Don't even remember who that is. Paul Gareth Williams. How come Street is so good on this, but was so was it... bad on the quiz? Oh, Paul Williams. Williams. The guy we had on the Paul night. Williams. Uh, it's Paul Williams. Well, I got it wrong, so that's probably just showing you why I was so bad on the quiz. <laughs> was it Paul Williams? <laughs> the low knee. The loan from Liverpool. Yeah, I think so. Okay, so Paul Williams. Was it? That's how I much credibility it... Andy has as a lawyer. I just believe everything he says because he says he says it in such a way. Oh, okay, that sounds about right. Yeah. Well, I mean, Enders, either way, <laughs> they're not getting in our squad. So Williams, no. uh, yeah. Jamie Smith, Andy no. Linnigan, no, Andreas Rubens, Andreas Rubens, no, no, Michael Hughes, mm, Michael Hughes, no, good penalty taker, no, uh, Bezian Idrisic, remember him? Sadly no. passed away no. a few years after after leaving Palace. Very oh. young. Um, Scott Sinclair? No. Ooh, no. Thomas wow. again. Is that Jerome Jerome mm. Thomas? Could be, yeah. Could be. Um, yeah. Matt Lawrence. No, it's a different Thomas. Anyway, Matt Lawrence. Mm. Mm. French, but... 
No. <laughs> uh, Glenn Murray. Yeah. Yeah. And Christian Benteke. <laughs> If this was uh, if this was a drinking socialising squad, then Matt Lawrence, yeah, without a doubt, yeah, but it's got to be. He'd actually been twice. Yeah, it's got. to <laughs> be number two as well. He'd be number two as well. Oh, it's I've missed clear. one. I've missed one. Who? No, I haven't. Carry on. <laughs> Sorry. Who's no, Thomas? Who's Thomas from? It's two thousand eight. Who's Thomas in two thousand eight? Jerome. Oh, two thousand eight. Oh, crikey. Thomas. Simon Thomas signed from Boreham Wood. That's him. Yes. How do you know that? He doesn't. He's just made a name and a club out of the blue. <laughs> Still really authoritatively again. <laughs> Whoever it is, it's got to be. It's Glenn Murray. Yeah, it's Glenn Murray. Obviously, it is Glenn Murray, isn't it? Scott Sinclair, another player who was very good for us for seven or eight games. Yeah. That Warnock team that we discussed last week. And if if there's if if no Murray for me, it's probably Michael Hughes. Yeah. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't think there's any standout contest without Glenn Murray, especially no. as we don't know who two of them are. <laughs> uh, Kevin, in the next five people, there's going to be much more of that. Okay. Uh, what are we on to? Number 18. Okay, so Glenn Murray okay. gets in at our number 17. Yeah, I'll go Glenn Murray. So our squad now, um, we're still doing quite well. We've got, we've got Cole, Defender, Shaw, Midfielders, and Jednak and Zaha Punch. Okay, good. We're, we're building a proper squad here. Number 18. Uh, these are the following players. My God, good luck with this. Um, Andy Priest, Valerian mm, Ishmael. Definitely not. Wayne Carlisle, Dean Austin, Gary Borrodale, Halls. Is that John Halls? Halls? Don't know who that Hall, was. Who? No, no, Halls. No. Yes, John Halls. Oh, Halls. Um, John Halls. Calvin Andrew. And then, confusingly, Hills, which I think it's Lee Hills, Aaron Wilbraham, and the correct answer, James MacArthur. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah there you go. Anyone else, Andy? Anyone else from that lot? I've been, I was genuinely concerned until you got to Chase Because <laughs> <laughs> I was struggling to keep notes at the appropriate pace to pick who of those dregs were going to be picked with all the apologies intended to them. Um, but yeah, it's got to be Chase McCarthy, hasn't it? Well, yeah. One of our best signings, pound for pound, I think we've made. Yeah. Ever. Ever. Yeah. yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. It's a real shame, actually, because there's again a lot of players in there that have like given their all you know Wilbraham gave his all for Palace you know uh, Dean Austin Dean Austin I mean after last we had a very romantic article last week didn't we about the Norwich game where Dean Austin scored Andy Priest for a a short time looked like he was going to be a really really good centre forward but had injury problems so yeah it's got to be it's got to be uh, MacArthur Okay, good. Um, thankfully, the next one, number 19, doesn't have a current player, so uh, we won't be able to pit them on default, but we do have... My God. Okay, here we go. No, I uh, think MacArthur, that last lot, MacArthur would get in as the best player, not by default. Yeah. No, I agreed, sim- agreed. He's simply a better player. Agreed, yeah. agreed. Number 19, the following players have worn this. Reese Wilmot, mm. sub-goalkeeper in the 90s. Uh, Leon McKenzie. Oh, David mm. Woosley. He's a fighter, Leon. <laughs> Very good. David Woosley. And then in 2002, Edwards. No idea who that was. Edwards? Ring a bell? No. No. no? Okay. Not in the football context, no. Um, moving on. Tom Soares. Oh. Craig oh. Beatty. Uh, who had on loan from West Brom, I think. Alan Lee. Yeah. Jermaine Easter. Bennett. Which I think is... Julian Bennett? Is that Julian Bennett? Yeah, yeah. Um, and Danny Gabidon. Kevin, pick Whoa. over the bones of that one, please. Yikes. That's the, that's the hardest one yet, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Have we got cover at centre-back? Because 
We've got Richard Shaw at centre back so far. Uh, I, ooh, Tom. Oh, again, they're all players that were not quite. Tom Shaw's is still playing, isn't he? Wasn't he? Was he? Uh, it, he was at Berry, I think. He was at Berry. Yeah, but he scored in a cup game. And um, I'll have a look for you. I would. I would. Do you know what? I would be inclined to. This is where you have the two Wilfs. Put him in at ninety. I, Danny Gabadon at a, at a push, I think. But again, they're not. They're not players that you'd, you know. No. It's not getting the biggest cheer when the squad numbers are read out. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're looking at Pete the Eagle and Kayla at this stage, aren't you? Just, oh, yeah, no. and at number 19, just, oh, who's that? I don't know. Not so Tom Sawers is still playing. He's playing for Stevenage. Stevenage. Uh, he's yeah, yeah. 33 years old. Yeah. Um, and. Dan, it's got to be Danny Gabadon. It's got to be. And G- Gabadon's an interesting one because actually we did a underrated 11 on the. Um, Pod extra this weekend, and Gavadon was featured in that actually, um, Andy. So I think a player actually that that, that do you remember a demo came on the pod and said yeah. his favourite game was playing alongside Gavadon in that nil nil. So I think Gavadon's one of those players that actually contributed a bit more maybe than people think. Well, he's a very solid Premier League defender for a very long time. I mean, sort of yeah. played at that level for West Ham for a number of seasons, um, and yeah, I think was pretty good in the season that we went up, um, and play a good number of games and it was only because he was sort of coming towards the twilight of his career really that he ended up being released you'd have thought um so yeah i'd, I'd go danny gabadon probably by a distance based on the other players available there none of, none of the others i don't think got to the level with us that he did um or had the, quite the career that he did so i'm going danny gabadon demo hinted that gabadon was his favorite centre-back partner Full stop. I mean, he said that was his favourite game, but he said Gabadon was one he had a really good relationship with. Yeah, Gabadon was a very good player, and as Andy says, had a had a, had a decent top flight career. I mean, Enders, I loved Tom Saws actually when he played for us, and you know, yeah. having said someone we thought we'd, would do better, and Leo McKenzie, I think, was popular with the Palace players as uh, sorry, the Palace fans, the fans yeah, it was as yeah. well. Um, but are you? I think it's Gabadon as well. I think it's I'm just it's a shame we didn't have a player called Paul Hardcastle. <laughs> There you go. I have to do a disclaimer at the pod sometimes on some of the references that get mentioned on it. That was just worth I it. I refer you back to my uh, uh, amount of despising youngsters. <laughs> 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 Look at your kids. Oh, no. Right. no, 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 19. Five minutes when I listen to the podcast. <laughs> you, may know, you may know Rory Bremner's version better, which was a cricket spoof of the... Uh, oh, yes, I remember. Yeah, yeah. Where he turned a song about a young man dying in Vietnam to a young man making the poor score at cricket. Yeah. Well done, Rory. Right. Much as I like Rory, I never thought that was entirely appropriate, to be honest. No, no, it wasn't. That was brilliant, just the look on JD's face. That was fantastic. <laughs> I didn't know what it was, confusion. but I knew it was a reference that I didn't get. So, um, <laughs> That's a start. <laughs> now that we've alienated uh, most of our young listeners, let's move on to number 20. <laughs> we, haven't uh, got any, we haven't got any young listeners. Oh, right. Uh, there's some good players in here. I'll go to Andy for this one. Uh, here we go. Okay, number 20 has been worn by the following. Ray Houghton. Oh. Leon Ooh, McKenzie again. Uh, Richard Harris. Steve Cabber. Mark Hudson. <laughs> Darren Powell. Yeah. Danny Butterfield. Edgar Davids. <laughs> James Vaughan. Johnny Williams. And Chenk Tosin. Uh, Andy, wow. what are you thinking about that? I am going to go with... Ray Houghton. 
Okay, that's, I mean, interesting. We picked Ashley Cole. We probably played fewer games for Palace than Ray Houghton, mm-hmm. but give us your uh, give us your reasonings for that one. Uh, Ray, what do you mean played fewer games? Ray Houghton played for us across two seasons. No, yeah, I'm, saying we picked Ash- I'm saying we picked Ashley. I was thinking about players that haven't played many games. We picked Ashley Cole, and he yeah. played fewer games than Ray Houghton. Yes, yeah. I mean, when you look at the other players there, I mean, there's some fine, uh, there's some players who were okay. Uh, Hudson... You know, did a, did a job for us for a few seasons, but I don't think there's anyone that particularly stands out. Who was it between Williams and Tosin, sorry? No one. No one. There we go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, it's, um, <laughs> it's not, a bad, not a bad array of players, but I'd go probably Ray Houghton. Kevin, I remember Ray Houghton, did he score a banger against Charlton in the playoffs? One year. Is that right? Have mm, I got that right? I think when we, when we lost to Leicester of... in the final. I, I, I remember one goal he scored in the last minute of a home game, which was a crack. I, I suppose using my Ashley Cole logic, you would say Edgar Davids because he was one of the best players in the world at one stage. But yeah, head head heart. I mean, my heart would say Johnny Williams. But yeah, Roy Hodgson, I would go for Ray. I think it would have to be Ray Hart. I mean, he was a. I mean, he was. A, I mean, you look at that Liverpool team on on Saturday in the nineteen ninety World Cup, uh, ninety nine World Cup, the, the semi final. Yeah. What I'd forgotten what a good team they were, and Ray Houghton was an integral part of that team that had you know people like John Barnes in it, and it was a good player with us, was a great player for the Republic. So yeah, I'd, I'd go Ray Houghton. And Enders, I mean, Kevin's right, but with Ashley Cole, he went on to be a great player. Dad yeah. stopped being a great player pretty yeah. much as soon as he yeah. joined yeah. Palace. I, I mean, we'd all love. Johnny Williams to have gone on and been the player that we wanted him to at Palace and, you know, stayed mm. here for years and years. Um, I don't know if he's really played enough to get into our team. But I don't think so. You look no. like Danny Butterfield, who obviously was well, there for a long time. That's the player that I would pick probably out of that lot is Danny Butterfield. Um, I think he's probably played with a lot of the members of the squad. He was never amazing, but he was there was something about him. He really gave his all for the team. And I think he'd be a good squad member. But Houghton was the better player. But I think I'd probably go for Butterfield. Butterfield. It's Butterfield who scored that perfect hat trick in the game against Wolves, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, amazing. And that was one of the greatest games ever. And who was in goal for that game for Wolves? Wayne Hennessy. Hennessy. Yeah, didn't nutmeg himself in that game. I think Johnny Williams. If he'd, if he'd progressed the way he should have done, would have become a better player than Ray Houghton because Ray Houghton was... I don't know if Johnny Williams modelled himself on that. I mean, he was that sort of short, bustling yeah. midfielder who got the ball and went forward and had the pass. So, I mean, Johnny Williams will always go down as one of the great what-ifs for Palace. I mean, it's so... you just got glimpses again of how good a player he could be and he just never got the chance. He also seemed that man- succession of managers didn't really trust him yeah. Even when he was fit, he, he didn't seem to be. You know, at times when we were crying out for midfield creativity, it never seemed they never seemed to turn to him for for some reason. What if eleven uh, would be a very good? <laughs> That'd be another good. One, yeah, I, I'm actually. I'd go I'm David been... Beckham. <laughs> uh, wow, well, yeah, Messi, Tim, Tim Cahill be in there. So would yeah, that's good. Um, I'm actually. I think I agree with Enders. I think Butterfield. Yeah. He scored that perfect hat trick wearing number twenty. For Pants yeah. oh, as well. Okay. Wow. Uh, no. And has contributed a lot. I'm butts. You know. I'm butts. Was well, your casting vote, remember? Your casting no butts is yeah. no butts, it's gotta be Butterfield. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I although I totally agree Ray Houghton was a fantastic player and one of my favourites actually when he played for us. Uh but I think I'm gonna go for have to go for Danny Butterfield. For you are 20. a disgrace to Ireland's JD. Yeah. <laughs> I am. Yeah, yeah I screw am. you guys, I'm going home. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
How can you, you how can you look past someone that scored the fastest ever FA Cup hat trick? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you just can't. Right, three players left 21, 22, and 23. 21, here we go. It's been worn by the following Cox. Is that Ian Cox? No. Okay. Saji Burton, Matt Gregg, Victor Camarasso, Andy Frampton, Julian Gray, Emerson Boyce, Jeez. Martin, which I think it was Dave Martin from Dartford, I think. Reed, don't know who that is. <laughs> Did Kieran Reed. Dijali... Winston Reid. Winston? Winston Reid? Who was that? It was used to be number 21 uh, for Paris. <laughs> I don't remember years ago. Reed. <laughs> Hang on, I'm actually going to have to Google that. Reid, Crystal Palace. Carl Reid. Well, it says Stephen Reid, but obviously he didn't play for us, did he? Kyle Reid, who's that? It was Kyle oh, Reid, yeah. They Kyle Reid, yeah. Never heard of him. Okay. Uh, sorry, Kyle, if you're listening. Sorry, Kyle. <laughs> who, was Kyle was, who was he? Was he a youngster? He played oh, two games. He was on loan from West Ham. Right. Okay. There we go. Of course. Of course. Kyle Reid. Um, Kieran Dajali, Dean Moxie, and Connor Wickham. Uh, Enders. Wow. What on earth oh, do we do there? God, Can you go somebody else first? I can't even pronounce half those Emerson names. Emerson Boyce won Player of the Year for us, didn't he? He was a great player. Boyce. Yeah. Boyce. 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 Got to get Boise just because he's called Boise in, a, in not a very good team. You mentioned Stephen Reed. If he played for us, Stephen Reed would definitely be in. Yeah, uh, I, I would go for Emerson Boyce. Emerson Boyce was a, a mm. standout player in a fairly poor team. But I, I, to be honest, it's him or Connor Wickham, and we got enough talent. We got two yeah. wolves at heart. So yeah, we only I need mean, one. A little shout out to Julian Gray, obviously. You know who? Um, yeah, I'm not saying out, for yeah. our squad, but you know, yeah. scored some big goals for us. Yeah, little little man, big goals. Yeah, it's all stuff. That was his Native American name, wasn't it? Little man, big goals. <laughs> right. Uh, I don't think anyone else gets even a, a mentioned. No, they don't. Let's move on to twenty-two. I think it's going to be Boyce. Boyce so we've now got Boyce, Butterfield, Cole, Shaw. Well, we've got a decent spread against the back four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Number twenty-two. Here we go. This has oh my god, a lot of people. Right. In nineteen ninety-four, ninety-five, Patterson. Who was that? Darren Patterson. Darren Patterson. Darren Patterson. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Herman Horidison. Oh. Andy Martin. Wayne Routledge. Eunice Colker. Marco Reich. Paul Dickov, who's the answer to one of those uh, what's yeah. quiz questions that's going around recently. Ashton. I don't remember who that is. Ashton. Who's Ashton? Nathan Ashton. Nathan Ashton, Ashton yeah. Really? Um, Johnny Ertel. Alex Winter. Oh, here we go. Stuart O'Keefe, apparently. <laughs> um, Hunt. Is that Jack Hunt? I think he never yeah. played for us. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Much. Perry, the goalkeeper from Brazil, never played. Yeah. And James McCarthy. Let's go to Kevin first. Wow. Whoa. I'd be tempted, just because you shouted Cox for no apparent reason, to just shout Dickov for no apparent reason. If, if you need a goal... If you need a goal, ten minutes to go. I didn't score for us, though. I, I, do you know what? I'm. I just to cheer. I just want to see the look. I'm going to go Stuart O'Keefe. No, I knew you were going to do that. Oh, we can carry can't. someone. We can carry someone. Enders, John, Enders. It, it Johnny, well, Johnny, well, Johnny Ertel, because Johnny Ertel, we heard from some good stories from Johnny Ertel about what a presence he was in the dressing room. I didn't realise this, be a... this was a best anecdotes eleven. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Johnny I'm going to go. Yeah, Stuart O'Keefe is a good player. 
No, yeah. Johnny Ives oh. would be a great squad player, and Stuart O'Keefe, obviously for Andy, but Enders, it has to be Wayne Routledge, surely. It's got to be Wayne. I've, I wrote down Routledge. It's got to be Routledge. Oh, I didn't hear you mention that. Without, without a doubt. It's yeah. got to be Routledge. Routledge, then, yeah. Uh, yeah. He was, he's by far the best player there. Street. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm torn here because obviously I like to be. Um, Fair in my assessments, deeply. I'm a deeply obstinate man, so I'm going to go Stuart O'Keefe. <laughs> All right. Well, thankfully, you've been outvoted three to one in favour of Wayne Routledge, but at least you've got on the record that you went Stuart O'Keefe. Um, yeah, the only exactly. other person there I think deserves a mention is probably Herman Horidison, who was a good player for us, but didn't stay that long. Um, but I thought was a decent defender. Right. We've come to our final squad player, which wow. is 23, and the final wow. players. We'll go to street first for this one. Have worn 23. Hanlon in 94, 95. Don't know who that is. Hanlon. Um, Evans, which I think was Steve Evans, a youngster later. Yeah. Williams, which I think was Gareth Williams. Andrews, which I think was Wayne Andrews. Yeah. Carl Fletcher, Jose Fonte, Paul Eiffel, Nathaniel Pinney. Here's a name from the archives. Alex Nimley. Wow. On loan from wow. Man City, I think. Yeah. Um, Florian Morange. Oh my God, <laughs> he gets better. I quite uh, fancy Shola, one of those now. <laughs> Shola Amiobi. Wow. Uh, Pap Soiree uh, and Bat Shawai. Uh, and I've got Camarasa twice, so I've, I've got Camarasa wrong somewhere. Uh, this is the best uh, squad, so it's got to be Mishi Bat Shawai. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be. The I Batman. mean, Kevin, Kevin, there's a shout for Jose Fonte there. That sure did we? We discussed him at some length because like, he, yeah, he had an earlier squad number as well, didn't he? Yeah, I, I, I think we've got enough cover. It's, I think it would uh, Batshui. If we can't have full dick off, we need someone to come on and score a goal. I'd say Batshui, who probably Chelsea fans might think hadn't quite gone on to fulfil his potential this season, but certainly for us, I would be. I'd be happy with. Although when Nimley came, he came with a really good reputation as a as a youngster. But no, Batchery, I'd be happy with Batchery. Um, Enders, it's not Nathaniel Pinney for you. Um, it's, Bat, it's the Batman. It's the Batman. It's the Batman. It's got to be the Batman. Man. And if it wasn't the Batman, it'd be Jose Fonte. But as Kevin says, that, we do we do have cover. At, um, at yeah, we do. Yeah, uh, it's it's the Batman. It's the bat signal, JD. It's the bat signal, <laughs> JD. It's yeah. the bat signal. Yeah, I got it. Um, lads, I think we have actually there, despite uh, I was prepping you to say that the second half is going to be quite difficult, we've actually picked, I think, a very decent and balanced squad there. So yeah, yeah, yeah. a reminder of our final 23-man squad uh, from Palace players that have worn 1-23 down the years. Number one, Nigel Martin. Number two, Joel Ward. Number three, Dean Gordon. Number four, Sean Derry. Number five, Eric Young. Number six, Scott Dan. Number seven, Attilio Lombardo. Number eight, Andy Johnson. Number nine, Chris Armstrong. Number 10, Yannick Balassi. Number 11, Wilfred Zaha. Number 12, Julian Speroni. Number 13, Jason Punchin. Number 14, Richard Shaw. Number 15, Mile Jednak. Number 16, Wilfred Zaha again. Number 17, <laughs> Glenn Murray. Uh, or also, uh, who do we say instead? Possibly number seven, uh, number uh, sixteen instead. Ashley Cole, Ashley Cole, Ashley Cole. Uh, number seventeen, Lynn Murray. Number eighteen, James MacArthur. Number nineteen, Danny Gavadon. Number twenty, Danny Butterfield. Number twenty-one, Emerson Boyce. Number twenty-two, Wayne Routledge. And number twenty-three, Mitchie Batshuayi. Two, uh, two good teams. Two good teams. Two. I think teams. it'd be interesting. Who would? Uh, I'd be interesting to um, watch them play each other. Yeah, let's confuse them all. 
I would really like to see Wilf against Wilf. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> I'm see... sure we've got a listener out there who can probably can do that. their FIFA uh, yeah. or yeah. something to play that. So Absolutely. if anyone can play that for us. So what's our first team? Our first team is the first 11, is it? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um... I think that's how it tends to work, isn't it? <laughs> well, yeah, it's a start. It's so... been in lockdown for a long time, I know, but I would... <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, it kind of makes so... it easy, doesn't it, JD? Uh, of course, lads. Thank you so much for helping me choose. No, thank uh, you. Best ever squad. No, yes. Yeah, no, thank you for facilitating it. It's very good of you. Well, you know, I've got nothing else to do. Um, and it was a nice. It went better than I was expecting it, given the sloppy criteria and uh, ill-defined <laughs> set of characteristics that were applied. I think we made the best of some very bad instructions. <laughs> thank you for your feedback, which will be cut from the final edit. Um, Lads, hope you're all keeping safe and well. And the same to our listeners. We'll be back next week. In fact, next week, I think our plan, because we haven't had questions for a few weeks, I'm going to do a question special next week. Ask us anything. Lovely. Okay. We'll see what we come up with. In the meantime, take care, and we'll see you again soon. Podcast Network.